Brother, what a night it really was. Brother, what a fight it really was. Glory be. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good evening. Good morning. Good, Good morning. All. Welcome. Guten Tag. Welcome to But That's Not Important Right Now, the podcast about crazy people. Crazy people in advertising. Like John. In advertising. <laughs> Speak to yourself. <laughs> Actually, no, we're both crazy. Now that, now that we think about it, yeah. Yep, we're insane. Um, sorry, Absolutely. John. I, um, we started a little late because what has happened is, is that I, there was a crack in the ground in the tiles between my room and my kids' room. Oh, my goodness. It started to get over the period of time. Okay, so, you know, we've had like a couple of big earthquakes in the last four to five years. Yeah. And cracks developed in the in the plaster in the house, but we didn't pay it any mind. It didn't get worse. Nothing was moved. Like, you didn't see things moved or anything like that. So you're kind of like, okay, it should be all right. But this crack yeah. in the ground was new. And mm-hmm. we didn't know where it came from. So mm-hmm. we brought the contractor in and he started digging and realized that the crack not only <clears throat> runs under the tile, it's going up the wall. And it's literally splitting the house in half. <laughs> Behind oh. the wall. Behind wow. the, we have a cupboard. Behind the cupboard is this giant crack, and he starts digging it. And this house is 50, almost 50, 60 years old. So, and interestingly enough, um, the story that I have to tell about this is that you may find this interesting is that mm. your, our mutual friend, um, um, Big George Wayne. Yeah. You know Big George Wayne. From Hot yes, 93 of, of fame. Yeah. 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 Big George Wayne used to live in this house. <laughs> ah, when he was a teenager. And my mom always says, I remember Big George Wayne. Big George, I remember this little skinny little kid, you know, doing dishes in the, in the bathroom, in the kitchen. And and um, he warned me that, you know, during Christmas time, the, the sinks clog up because of the change of temperature here in, 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 in the valley. I'm like, yeah. what? What? So I, I actually told Big George Jane Wayne this a couple of years ago. And and George is like, wow, that is so, such a small world, you know? Such a small well, world. Well, we live in a small country. So yeah, that, that is to be um, expected. Yeah. But so, his dad uh, his dad built this house and then sold it. Really? Okay. And then wow, my okay. parents bought it and now I live here. But the thing is, is that um, it's really old. And it wasn't exactly a really well-built house. So, you know, I always tell my students in, in Costat and graphic design students, know how you finish them. Well, these guys didn't know how they were finishing. Because the plans for the house look nothing like the finished product of the house. There was all, in fact, this house, and I was telling George this, I said, George, you know that the house is built back to front, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, when they built the house, the back of the house was designed to be like the front of the house. You see, they had this plan that you would have a back 
and a front that would look kind of the same. And the back would have this kind of big porch area that it would work out onto the jungle kind of idea. And somewhere yeah. along the line, they're like, nah, Dredd, we don't have material to do this. Let me just, let me just do something for um, kind of weird. It was just, it, the way the house is built now is that you could tell that they're kind of halfway through decided um, we run out of material, so we were just going to have to not do that. You know, and the reason I'm telling you this is because this is how advertising is. Advertising is like that, you know? Yeah. Where, where you come out with this huge, big idea, and the client says, Yeah, I want to do this, that, and the other. And then when you start, when you start looking at getting things done, I mean, we've talked about this before, it just gets whittled down into, you know, there's a sizzle stick. For your trouble. Oh, well, I, wanted the, I wanted the, 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 the fucking Noah's Ark. He gave me a sizzle stick. What the fuck? What am I supposed to do with this? Make, make Kalaloo. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you so, know, that, so yeah, the, ahead, house is, the house is not exactly built the best, and it's also very old. And people don't realize, realize how many old houses are around in the world, you know? You know, yeah. you might, you have to do a lot of work on the house. Or I'm pretty sure where you live, that apartment you live in is, is fairly old as well. I mean, I can't, um, I mean, I've seen well, it. It's, it's not that old, but it has been there yeah. a while. It's been, it's been, I would say that it's been here for like about 40 years. It's probably been here for like about yeah. 30, 40 years. Yeah. That's a long time. That, that is a long time. And, um, and uh, I have yet to see, uh, there are actually, just truth be told, I did see a hairline crop uh, in one of the walls, but other than that, nothing. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's something that, that, that I guess, and that's, and, that's, and that's an entirely different topic. And, and that sets the stage for, for another discussion in that we could be talking about um, how many, Houses in this part of the world happen to be earthquake proof, mm. especially when you consider that um, while where we live, while the island in which we live uh, is out of the hurricane belt, it's not exactly out of the earthquake belt. No, we're this country, on a fault. We're this on a country fault. is sitting on a fault. If yeah. not, if I'm not mistaken, not one fault, but three. Yeah. So yeah. if if uh, not, not to, it's not a question of if, but when we get a really huge one, I do not know what we're going to do. We are are so incapable when it comes to handling any kind of natural disaster. Um, at least with a hurricane, we could we could be prepared. We know what's coming. But the thing about an earthquake is that it, it can strike without warning. It can happen yeah. in, in the dead of night. It can happen um, during the day. When you're 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 in the bath, my biggest worry is that I am you know in the bathroom, <laughs> and that that thing starts to, to to act up. I am going to boil like a cow. I swear to God, no, I'm serious. I will I will scream. I think I think I will I will probably be gay for about five seconds and scream. <laughs> um, no, I'm serious. Th that is something that is just. It is, it, it is really scary stuff. And, it is. Um, it is. It is. And, and, and I mean, 
you were talking about advertising, you were talking about how um, when we start out, we want to come up with a, with a product that we can all be proud of, a brand that once we put our heart and soul into it. Um, it's funny you should mention that because I can remember, this is probably around 2008, 2009, when, when I was at the agency, we were supposed to do an ad for a radio ad for um, a certain brand of coconut milk powder. Mm-hmm. And I had this vision. I had this idea as to what it was supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go like the whole nine yards. And then they told me, well, that's a great idea, but it's not going to, you know, it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be within the budget. It's going to go over budget. And I said, not if it's done in a particular way. Like, and it was this back and forth thing, back and forth thing that took place. And then they said, look, we like your lyrics. We like what you've written, but we want to do it our way. And it was done their way. And I just thought it was the most boring piece of crap I ever heard in my life, mm. even though I wrote it. Because I thought, yes, I'm proud of what I wrote. But at the same time, I wanted it to sound a particular way and it didn't sound that way yeah. you know which is usually um, the case it's yeah. usually the case no, you know they they, they, well, they yeah i know they, I know. they take it and they, they figure they know best because mm-hmm. it's their brand well okay i mean fair enough right? whatever <laughs> but you know you, you know, did they, what you wanted to yeah begin i know with, what i did right? I, yeah yeah and i mean um another example that, I, that immediately comes to mind um, when we, when we, when I think, um, we were at the agency and we were doing some stuff for the green network, uh, one of the, of the key hefes in the green network was a huge fan of the mummy series. Don't ask me why she was just crazy about the series. She just thought that this, this film was going to do exceedingly well at the box office. Mm-hmm. It had to be 2008 because that same time, I think we were um, we were also doing a campaign for Dark Knight, which is which is, I think, the most one of the more successful ad campaigns we did, uh, at least for radio. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we were supposed to do a radio ad based on the Mummy, and we were supposed to make it funny, and 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 my heart, my heart wasn't in it because I saw the previews for the film. And I wasn't exactly very enthusiastic about it. Mm. But I said, you know what? The hell with it. If this is what they want, this is what we'll have to do. Because sometimes you have to, you have to bend a little bit in yeah. order to, 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 to get the job done. You have to just put yeah. aside, you know, your ego is not your amigo. So you had to take yeah. your ego and just put it aside and say, all right, look, if that's what they want, to, if that's what they want, let them get them what they want. Get them what they want. Yeah. And we did it. And um, like I said, she was there. We, we, the upside of all of this is that we got to see the movie for free. And because again, you know, uh, we got to see it for free. And I, I, I just laughed throughout the whole thing. And she was sitting <laughs> like right next to me because it was such a, because it was, it was I think it was the, um, it was like either the, the second or the third installment. It had to be the third installment. It was the third I, one. It was yeah. the third one, right. Tomb of, the, right, tomb of the um tomb of tomb the emperor or something eight actors yeah weren't there and yeah. and it just it just turned out to be such 
a, 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 a crap fest. Yeah. And, and she was clearly very disappointed because she really wanted the movie to, 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 to do well. Yeah. And, you know, and, 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 and she, she, she never said a word to us after that. And I think it was the last time they ever asked us to do any promotional tie-in with any film associated with the Green Network because she realized, oh boy, we messed up big time. So but yeah, I mean, yeah, it it that's that's a thing that we have not talked about really is mm-hmm. hitching your brand to an, an, another existing brand mm-hmm. uh, for for mileage. Uh, what we've talked yeah. about is we've talked about getting influencers to push your brand for you, right? But in these mm-hmm. days, this is this is just before really social media really started. Um, what what the brands would do is all the time they would have either a spokesperson. So we had we had Sprite, when we had Sprite, we had LeBron, um, right? And that was a big, big, big deal. LeBron was a big deal. I, and I remember <laughs> we had a contest. I think it was to go and see one of the finals in, in the states, one of the NBA finals. You know, you right. win a prize, you win another person. If it's an under the cap promotion where you buy a sprite, yeah, and you get the you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. <laughs> we had to run two full page ads. One mm-hmm. was the promotion ad, right? With the okay. ad with, with all the fancy graphics and LeBron jumping and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the other is the rules. The rules is a full page ad with mm-hmm. eight point text. And I remember the artist doing it. I said, wait, this, what, what is this? He said, this is the ad. I said, you serious? He said, yeah, we had to print, because of legal reasons, we had to print the entire legal requirement of the terms and conditions of entering the contest. Because it was an NBA-sponsored contest, and they had legal requirements. And that was the first and only time I remember us ever doing that. And I, I always remember that. Like, you had to pay. So not only did you have to pay for a full page ad to run the Sprite campaign, you then had to go and pay for another ad just to show the rules. Because you couldn't fit the rules into this. If you tried to put the rules into the ad, there would be no ad. There would be no promotional oh. ad. Right? So oh, I, I, remember that. I, I remember that. But that's not what I was... What, what I'm saying is, is that when it came to you know, tie-ins. I mean, mm-hmm. we talked about when we did the when we did the Star Trek uh, 2009 launch with the mm-hmm. same Green Network. That was a huge success. That was uh, a huge success, a big, yeah. Yeah, did a huge... Movie was meh, but, you know, not as bad as the Tomb of the Chinese Emperor, or whatever oh, the hell they call it. God. Right? Listen. But, but what happened <laughs> was, we would... When, when we had... We had Burger King as a client... Yeah. And Burger King International insisted that all franchises had to do this tie-in with, with the movies. Now, mm-hmm. that's a big deal for a local franchise holder to have to invest money to push yeah. the international promotional brand. You see? Right. Yeah. So the budget, the budget was like, okay, the, the international franchisee would give you a little bit of money, kind of like, okay just so that you could start doing things inside the store, like print the cups and do the, do the posters and so on. 
we'll give you money for that. But the actual marketing budget, you all have to come up out of your own budget for that. And I, I think the first time we did it was with, um, I think the first time we did it was, oh God, not the first, the second time we did it was with mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, right. You know? yeah. But we didn't do much with that. We just, I just remember getting the free toys. I still have one yeah. of the free yeah. toys here, which is cool. You know, you used to get the free toys. But then they came and said, well, we're going to do when Transformers in 2007 was announced. We, we were like, wow, okay, cool. And they're like, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to do a tie-in. We're going to do all the marketing for it. And we're going to do this great thing. And, da, da. and that's where we were, we were allowed to come up with our own ideas. And that's where we put up the big installation outside of Movie yeah. Town, which I, I won the award for because it was my yeah. concept. And yeah. those were the days that you did really good work. And then I got another award for doing the installation for Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk had, had come out with, um, what's that? his name? Edward Norton. Uh, yeah, Ed Norton was there, yeah. Right, which is, which is considered the beginning of the MCU. That, right. that was when, when they were in final production, they had announced that they are going to be doing the MCU. They're going to bring out Iron Man. And they had... Yeah, they had Tony Stark and they had um, Ross in the, in the, that was the first time you ever saw like a post-credit scene. It was in right. um, Incredible Hulk, right? And I remember doing a lot of the branding and stuff for that for, for, for Movie Town and, and Trinity Mall and all that. It was awesome. So those two tie-ins were very successful because they were tied to very successful brands. Along comes... Transformers 2. Um, I can't even remember what that was called. Revenge of the Fallen. Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, that's right. Right? Right on the money. Mm-hmm. And we were told that we were not allowed to come up with any concept of our own. Everything, was, everything was coming from Paramount. Paramount was insistent that we, we tell you exactly what you need to do. This is the package. You either spend one million two million or whatever, and we give you everything and you just execute it. And we kind of tried to circumvent it a little bit by doing some of the initial idea, because, you know, I don't know if you remember in the movie, there was this giant um, devastator where the the constructor cons come together. And then what's his name? What's his name was on the pyramid and said, I'm now currently under the testicles of the big robot. And I like that this movie is shit. (laughs) That's what we said. But we we had a we had a plan. We had a plan to build Devastator, right? Reaching over the corner of the Burger King, and and they're like, no, no, you can't show Devastator. I'm like, why not? It's in the trailer. No, 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 that's a secret. You can't show, but it's in the trailer. Anyway, so we ended up doing something very, very piss poor. It was very poor. We had. The, the, the Fallen's head with what I thought was going to be fire, but it wasn't fire. It was just kind of, I don't know what they tried to do. It just didn't look like fire. And I was just, I'm like, I hit my face every time I went to the movie town. I saw it. I just hit my face. Because it looked terrible. It looked horrible, right? And oh. after that, we oh. had Tomb. Tomb of the, of the Emperor was also a Burger King. No, there was, the, the Burger King had, had a time with that and the Green Network had a time with that. And right. both 
both realized, yeah, we're not doing this again. And after that, they scaled all of those things back. Well, then, then, then we had the um, global financial crisis in 2008, don't forget. So things yes, kind of right. things kind yeah. of got very rough, 2010, 2011, yeah, things 2012. Are, things are very iffy. Things are very iffy. Yeah. That's true. So, I mean, when you get the opportunity to do something really well and you have the money to do it, that's when you shine. So the two things, the, the two planets need to be in alignment. The, the, the idea needs to be within budget. The budget needs to be able to, produ to produce the idea to the point where the execution is, you know, realizing the idea to its fullest potential or else it just falls flat. It falls flat. Mm -hmm. And that, coming back to your radio execution, is the same idea. You know that right. you're not going to get the full effect if you don't do it this way. And, mm -hmm. you know, well, well. But again, their egos at play. And their egos at play. And their egos at play. Yeah. Now I can give you. I can give you another. I can give you another interest. Uh, another interesting story in terms of contrasts, because again, this this is about the Green Network. When the Green Network did something with um, uh, with Chris Brown, when Chris Brown was his career was like white hot, and yeah. uh, we we were supposed. I we had a meeting involving uh, you know what. We, what we were going to do with respect to Chris Brown and concert. If I'm not mistaken, I think he either he performed here or we were sending people to go see him perform. I don't know how it was. But we were supposed to do something, uh, something that sent a campaign that centered on him, right? Not long after the campaign is launched, I will never forget this. Not long after that, he is involved in that domestic situation with Rihanna. And everything just to an old mass after that. <laughs> we were like, oh my God, no. <laughs> and all that just went to pot. Everything went to pot. Now, again, contrast that with Beyonce. Beyonce, we were supposed to do some uh, promotional thing uh, involving Beyonce. Beyonce um, performed here, I think it was like, what, a few hours? She, she went to the um, Queen Spark Savannah. Mm -hmm. And she performed there. I think mm -hmm. so, yeah. And um, one of the guys who was working with us, um, really talented dude. He's in animation. He's, 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 he's working in, in another agency now. But he got the, the golden opportunity to actually meet Beyonce, you know, and, and have a photograph with you be photographed with her. Well, that was a funny story, though. Because you really? told me about that after, yeah? When he won... First of mm -hmm. all, it was just like, you know, well, you, you went to the agency, how did you win? Anyway, he won and yeah. he got, it was just a pure chance. Pure chance yeah. he won. And it was interesting because he was able to relate his experience, you know? Because you know people who go to, okay, so you go to Comic-Con and you get photos with Stan Lee or whoever, right? Mm -hmm. There's a protocol involved. Yes. Right? Yes. And he's like, he was told, He's told me, he said, this guy is two, is two of him, says, you are not allowed to speak to her. You're not allowed to touch her. You're not allowed to um, do any sort of crazy antics. Stand up, <laughs> smile, take the photo, leave. And he's like, okay. And he went and stuff and she, she said, congratulations. And he's like, so freaking afraid to say anything because this big guy will punch him. You know, he's like, thank you. 
and she's like smiling, he smiles, and and there's a there's a photo. He has the photo framed, and I always remember the photo frame that he was like he's just like like standing two feet next to her, and it just doesn't look natural, you know. I know. But, I, I remember that photograph. He and, was like, and, okay. I, and I'm like, and he's like, dude, that was the greatest experience ever. But I wouldn't want to go through that again because it was like so nerve wracking, you know. Yeah, it would be. But we also have a story of one of the other artists who had to go and photograph Rihanna. You don't know that story? Oh no, I'm not. I've I've heard I've heard certain versions of that story, but I've never really. There's not much to tell. He okay. had to go because okay, in the beginning, Rihanna before she grew up, she was like a local artist in Barbados, mm-hmm. you know, and we had cable and wireless as a client. Right. As part of, you know, and Cable and Wireless were basically sponsoring her and her mm. endeavors in the beginning. And then she started to blow up. She had done this song with, um, with who was it? Was Jay-Z? Who was the song? Jay-Z, she Umbrella. Started? It was right. Umbrella. Well, yeah, I think it was Umbrella. She had just launched Umbrella. Right. But she was contractually obligated to finish out her contract with Cable and Wireless before mm. she moved out of Barbados. And they said, well, we have to milk this for its worth. So we need photographs of Rihanna. And they sent the one of the senior art directors to Barbados. And he ended up hanging out with her to do the photography. And he's, he was like, he came back and he said, I have never met a nicer person in my life. She is very, very, very nice. She's very humble. She's very sweet. You know, he could see that she's she's not going to turn into an asshole or anything. And it's true. Rihanna hasn't turned into this kind of beast or anything like that. I mean, she's done some weird things in her career, but that's well, part I of mean, the, you know, you know, that's part that's that's part of the that's part of the deal. You know, I mean, if yeah. you want to see the if you want to see the extremes of humanity, to quote Madonna, just get famous. Yeah, Sometimes exactly. You, yeah, but he he famous. has photos. He had photos of you know him interacting with her and them laughing together and stuff. It was real natural because he was out directing the shoot. You know, he was mm-hmm. getting her to do different things or whatever. And they built her for about six months after that. They started mm-hmm. just using all kind of ads all over the place, you know. And she was in a TV, TV, TV ad as well. And they, were, they were just like, we have Rihanna, we're going to use Rihanna. <laughs> because we had used her for some local campaign uh, ad, ad stuff. And then obviously, you know, you, you, you know, Rihanna is now out of, out into the ionosphere now. You you can't you no, can't you, yeah, you, you can't, can't, bring, you can't, just... can't bring Rihanna now to do an ad campaign for the Green Network. It just it would it would never happen. That's in fact favorite. now you can't even get you can't even get a local celeb. You can't even pay for a local celeb because they they they're going to be asking for money to be represented. You know to represent your brand. And I remember when Marshall Montano was the star in the in the network's cap, in the network's crown. And he mm-hmm. he he just said, Oh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm buying myself out of this contract and I'm going with the red network. <laughs> Boom. And he was out, but he didn't last long because he blew up, he got bigger, and nobody could afford to hire him. So now he he's out, he is now in the level of well, no, now I need people to sponsor my brand, me, <laughs> you see? 
Yeah. So because he's become they, he's become a brand now. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, this is the this is the pitfall of a comp of a brand hitching itself to the star of a star, if you want to call it that, you know? Yeah. And hitching itself yeah. to an event like a movie. Um, you know, we talked about Suppagen and we did the aluminum man concept because that was when yeah. Iron Man came out. That was Right. Excuse me, 2008, 2008. 2008, yeah, that's yeah. 2008. And, and, and they're still doing it because just the other day, the Green Network tried to do a tie-in with Doctor Strange. And I'm like, but this is lame. This doesn't make any sense. There's no re- there's no reason for these two things to mash up. You know, yeah. it just, why? Why Why would you Why would you put these two it, things together? It makes no why sense. Didn't it, you know? Why didn't it work, though? Why didn't it work? Because... I'm 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 curious as to why it didn't work. Is it that they didn't invest as much as they should have? Is it that we have people in the industry now who are not as emotionally invested, or is it that horror of horrors? Maybe they're uh, they are not as. Oh God, I, I'm gonna put. I, I know I'm gonna get into trouble for saying this. Is it that they're not as 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 Proficient, for one of a better word, as 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 we were, is it could could it be that I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping green. that's not the case. They're very very green. They're very green. Very green copywriters. Very very and, green. And I'm I'm thinking if you have, you see again, if you want to be if you want to be perfect in what you do, you have to have something called talent and i think in, in a situation in situations like these and in most cases as it pertains to advertising here we don't have that it's in it's in very short supply i would mm-hmm. say i would be so bold as to say either you either you have the talent or you don't if you mm-hmm. have the talent no no if you have the talent and you happen to have a strong work ethic and you are going to work your ass off to come up with a really good concept and a product. You, you, you that's it. You're you're on your way, and you're going to establish a reputation for being a damn good writer or a mm-hmm. damn good graphic artist if you have mm-hmm. that thing that's called mm-hmm. talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, I'm 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 trying to 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 gauge where exactly. Is the new town um, coming from? Where do we find? And another thing too, and this is something that we that we don't, I don't, we hardly ever talk about. Um, someone said that you, you need to be hungry. You need yeah. to have the hunger. Yeah. You need yeah. to have the hunger. And if you don't have the hunger, if you don't, if you're there and you say, "Well, I'm a, I I reach. I am a right. I am a writer. No, I get in Peter a nice bit of change. I, what else is there for me to do?" I don't have anything else to learn, yeah. and 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 that's a that's a that's a fatal mindset that you're adopting. Um, I mean, when I started, when I started, I really didn't know jack shit about writing ads, mm-hmm. radio ads, because I I was in radio, yes, but I was in front of a microphone and I was talking extemporaneously, and I thought, okay, this is great, you know, but. Don't ask me to write a radio ad. What are you nuts? So it was a it was it was it was a, it was a question of learning. It was a question of of having again that that it factor that 
talent. And of course, you have the hunger to say, you know what? I wrote an ad. It, people like it. I want to do more of this. Because yeah. it's like a drug. It's like a drug. Yeah. Kind of, you get the accolades and everything, and it hits yeah, you. But not just the accolades. It, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. When it, it comes sounds- out good. When yeah. it looks good. When it feels good. You feel proud. This is this is something that you that you built and created. And, it, and, and you want to know really, something, Ian? Yeah. Sorry. And you want to know yeah. something? I I got that. I actually got that kind of that kind of, of, of verve when I was working in one of the smaller agencies. Mm-hmm. When um we were we were trying to come up with a, with, a, with, a, with an ad concept for oh god. I'm trying to remember now for a certain brand of, 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 of clay blocks and, you know, building a reputation. We were, and, and I was writing all sorts of, you know, flower week copy and, and things like that. And nothing seemed to work. And I was at my wits end trying to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. And when they say that, when they say that the inspiration comes to you when you least expect it, that, that is really true because there was this melody that came to me in a dream. I, I shit you not. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I just found myself an old tape recorder and I whistled the melody into the tape recorder. And I, put, and I actually put words to it. And I said, you know what? We can use this. We can make it sound like it's a marching band. And we can mm-hmm. have um, voices singing in unison like, 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 they're, like they're in a parade. And it's like, da, 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 but it's, it's totally different. And we did mm-hmm. that. We put that down there. And we wrote it. And it took me about half an hour to write it down. And when I finally penned it, it was, a, it was the, the feeling that I got was indescribably good mm-hmm. because the client loved it. And we went with it. And it, 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 it was one of the ads I'm most proud of. It never, and that's another thing. Yeah? The ads that you do, the ads that you're most proud of, never go on to win awards mm. because you know what you put into it and you also know what you got out of it and mm-hmm. that to me is is worth more than any award because yeah. that's intangible but it's but it stays with you for so long and that feeling that that good feeling and um but if you're in the if you're in the industry just to just to say well you know you want to you want to come up with a decent paycheck and and that's it. And you figure that that, that, that that this is what you you know that you can only go so far with this. I think that that's a, that's a really that's that's such a that's such a that's such a kind of nihilistic kind of viewpoint to to adopt. That's, well, dare that's I say? Advice. Dare I say that you lost the passion for the job? <laughs> <laughs> no, but check it out. What is passion? How do you, okay. How do you? Well, first of all, passion isn't when somebody, no, no, no. Passion is not when somebody screams that you have more passion. Yeah. First of all, let's establish that. When somebody's shouting at you, where's your passion? I need to feel your passion. No, dude, I'm not getting passion from this. No. (laughs) I'm getting hate. I hate you. you You know, if you think I'm going to get, if you think that your 
telling me that you're you're, you're saying to me that I, you're asking me where my passion is, and it's not there. You killed it. You you essentially killed it. You've killed the fun, because if there's any key element in with respect to advertising, yes, of course, you've got to take a, a serious approach to what it is, to the things that you do, but you also need to have serious fun doing it. Mm. And if you don't have that element of fun, if you don't, if you take the fun out of it, the, the, the passion is lost. It is gone. And you're saying, you're constant drumming into, this, into, into the psyche. Where's your passion? Where's your passion? Where's your passion? Where's your passion? Yeah. It's not going to register shit if you keep doing that. Nothing's going to happen. Because uh, remember what you had said? You had said once, I think you had, you had penned this in a blog, or this is something that you send in, in, in one of your emails, that if you're trying to come up with something creative and you just sit there and you concentrate on being creative, it's like trying to get blood out of a stone. It mm. is not going to happen. Yeah, it's like force. It it. It's like it's, it's like, like how, what is it they say? If you have to force it, to shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, as crude as that sounds, but, but that's that, that is it essentially in 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 nuanced terms. That's how it yeah. is. That if if you are literally running your head up against a brick wall, you need to change your tactic. You need to decide. They're different. Okay, so I think a good example or good a good technique, you know, people who listen to us, you know, probably think, oh, we don't, I don't give enough good advice. Well, I'm sorry, but all right, here's here's some good advice. Um, if okay, so you picking up that that melody in your in your when you woke up in the morning or when you woke up at night and you wrote down the melody or you taped it or whatever. That is literally the first step in creativity. It's almost, it, it comes to you when you're not looking for it, first of all. So I remember getting some of my, I always tell people I get my best ideas in the shower. And it sounds cliched, but it's true. Like I would be in the shower and I would just be like, hey, that's a great idea. Now, I also get great ideas when I used to go to the gym and when I used to go, when I exercise, I used yeah. to get ideas, you know? Some of them I just didn't used to write down and whatever. But you feel energized. Excuse me. You don't get energized when you sit in an office and have to worry about somebody shouting, you have more passion, be more passionate. That, that's, that's not how the creativity comes out. Mind you, there are ways to get inside of an office. There are ways to get the creativity juices flowing. Sometimes it's technology. It, it, it's a headphones over your head. It's the right kind of music. It's, it's basically sometimes just surfing the web for random shit. I use a, I use a, a, a website called Milanote, which yeah. basically I just pull images that I find through it into Milanote. And then I go back, and one day I actually went back into one of the note uh, folders that I did. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. I forgot I had this stuff. And sometimes it's things that you collect over time that you accidentally, you know. Now, my, the other thing is um, passion fruit. 
used to sit down and scroll through archive magazines. And that was how he used to get his inspiration. And that's fine. That's, that's cool. Yeah. You know, and then he used to come and say, do this. <laughs> but that's not fine. But I mean, the idea is, you know, you, you, you find something that, that sparks, you know, you move into something else. Uh, and you, yeah. Sometimes it's, it's play, it's trying things, it's experimenting, it's whatever. But in the case of an agency situation, when you work for an agency, and even when you work for like a startup where the pressure is on to perform, you, you, don't, you don't have time to do those things. And it gets very onerous because now you feel like you're just part of a machine, just churning yeah. things shit out. And that's where you get yeah. burned out because people yeah. are being, being demanded to work and to perform consistently all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh. I remember. I remember there was uh, there was there was this um, incident involving our 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 dear our dear friend, our dear sweet friend. I remember there was this incident where um, this this young lady was really trying to get some sort of I don't know what what what, what caused the, the the bust up, but she was really really trying to get something done in terms of, of, you know, subscribing to what it is um, he wanted. And she couldn't do it. She just could not do it because she just froze at that particular, in, in that particular instance, she froze. And he did something or the other. And he said that he was going to do it himself, which he did, by the way. And I thought, you know, I thought to myself, you know, if I ever get into a situation where I happen to have that certain level of authority and that kind of level of responsibility, I hope I never, ever get to be as colossal an asshole as this guy is. Yeah. I, re I yeah. really hope not to. Yeah. Because I, again, I, I, I was asked the question if I wanted to be creative director. I think my dad asked me that. He said, do you want to be creative director? of an agency, and I said, I don't know. I don't think I want to because I think I might end up being an asshole like my former boss. And he's like, no, you, you decide how you do the work. You decide how, you, how you, you treat the job. It all depends on how you decide you're going to do these things, you know? But, but to, 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 to defend passion fruit a little bit, he was kind of thrown into the job. Huh? There are people who are thrown into a job with the expectation that they know exactly what they're doing from, from, from the time they hit the ground running. And I, I kind of felt sorry for him because I knew that that is, that is, you know, it's not a good thing to be thrown into that situation and not be given a... Okay, so when you start a job, like for you, for example, when you started working at an agency, you kind of had somebody to help you along. There was somebody there to kind of give you advice or whatever, whether, whether it was your boss or whoever it is. You know, you didn't, yeah. you were working in a vacuum. But in his yeah. case, because he's middle management or upper manager or whatever, he was kind of put into a situation where he thought he knew what the job entailed. And then the reality hit him and he didn't know how to, he didn't know how to navigate the waters, if you want to call it that. You know, mm -hmm. it's not a, nat people think that leadership is natural. Leadership is not natural. No, leadership is no. learned. 
Leadership it's is learned. learned. And it's, it's learned by having a mentor. And when you don't have a mentor or somebody who can mentor you into understanding or people who have gone through it before and understand how it works, then you are you're probably up a creek without a paddle. You see? So the young guys coming in, you know, we talk, we talk about, you know, when you're a young copywriter and you feel yeah. you shit and you know it already. And then somebody cuts you down if you want to you want to quit the job because you know people are all a-holes or whatever. No. What you need is somebody to manage you, to manage your expectations, and to make you understand is you. So our friend Randall, for example, you have, um, you have raw talent. You have the talent. It needs mm-hmm. to be directed. And that's what a director does. A director is supposed to direct your movement through the company. You're, 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 you're uplifting. You're moving up. The, the, the chain, you're learning. You know, you're supposed to teach the guy how to do it, not, not this is shit, go and do it over. You know, those <laughs> days done. And in fact, in fact, yeah. in fact, the days, the days of, of, you know, of, what's the word I'm looking for? The days of trying to, you know, get somebody to do something extremely creative that's gone out the window. I'm reading articles now of the pushback from going back to work full, you know, physically, you know. Yeah. And a, a lot of people are like, well, we want, if you want to, if you're going to make us work the full day, full day in the office, you have to give us a four day week. So the new call now is a four day week day, you know, the four day week, whatever it is. And I think the UK is trying it for, um, for certain sectors, they're trying a four-day yep. week, yeah. And the, the idea is is that you no longer have people. You no longer can bring, get people in an office to stay for seven, eight, nine hours working consistently for you. You know, they they're going to be like, no, I have a life. I have a life outside of here. I have given you my stipulated amount of time, and I'm not giving you any more. And that. Is happening. The younger, the younger people who are coming out have that expectation that I am right. not doing this. I'm not working for you for twelve hours. If you know for this amount of pay, you either raise my pay, give me extra, you know, pay or whatever, or I walk. And they're like, oh, well, you can find a million of you and whatever. All right, but the point about it is, they're reaching a stage where the agency, and this is all part of the whole agency life situation the agency has to start understanding that they can no longer do the things that they were accustomed to doing in the 90s in the 80s you know i keep saying well in the 80s they broke away from this stodgy suits working at a, at a you know wearing a title work kind of thing into wearing yeah. the shorts and you know so now we have that revolution happening again People don't want to go and come and sit in the office. They're going to do a Zoom call or a Teams call or whatever it is. So you have to work with those changes, you know? Yeah. And the ones who succeed was, in, in there are going to succeed, you know? I remember there was this guy. There was this guy who um, he, had a, he had a brief uh, dalliance, if you will, in advertising. And um, But his forte was standard comedy. Anyway, he... He was um, asked to come up with a campaign, a couple of campaigns, 
thing you want. Just a freelancer, memory serves me right. And he said, no, I am not going to work in the office. I'm not doing that. Give me a desk, give me a chair, and I will sit under that tree. They looked at him like he was nuts. Mm-hmm. I said, what is it? You heard me. I want a desk and I want a chair and I want to write my stuff under that tree because that is the only time I am ever going to feel any kind, any get any kind of creative burst of, of, of a burst of creativity. I'm going to get it with the, under that tree. And they, 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 you know what happened? They acquiesced. They said, okay, fine. You have your desk. You put it under the tree. And he came up with some pretty good work. Yeah. And, and it's not, you see, this is it. At least they had the, the, the sense, the common sense to adapt. And we have to understand, we have to realize that times, I know, again, this sounds cliche, but times are changing. And we yeah. have to change at those times. Yeah. And, uh-huh. you know, and, 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 to, and, to, and to suggest, to even suggest, especially in light of what's happened with the, with the unspecified virus slash pandemic, with, in light of what's happened, to suggest that we would have to revert to what we used to do and work the five days like it's nothing, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's ludicrous at best. Mm-hmm. It's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. I um I remember our friend David Saint Bernard was telling you this is way back in two thousand and whenever it was three four. He's like, you know, Google, you know, a, a team in Google went to their boss, their line boss, and said, "We can't work in this office. We want to go Ibiza and 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 come up with ideas." And the guy said, "Okay." He said, "However, if you if you come back." after four or five days from this trip to Ibiza with nothing, you're fired. And they said, all right. And they went to Ibiza. I don't know what they did, but they came back with, I think, what was the, what was the, I mean, it was a failed product in the end. I think they came back with Google Plus, the mm-hmm. answer, the, the social media answer, or whatever it is, or whatever the product was. They came back with that idea and had a whole plan and everything ready to execute. And that is like that is and in those days, he said that's the way of the future. And he was right. As long as you get the work done, you could do it wherever you want. As long as you produce something that is tangible, that is workable, that isn't some, well, oh shit, we had to come up with an idea. Quick, grab a napkin. Here, we come up with wireless power. All right, cool. There you go and drink. That's <laughs> that's not what the, the, the manager was telling them. Just and then you come back with something concrete, something workable, something that's backed up with facts and figures or whatever. You could go wherever you want. You could go Antarctica. I don't care. You know? Mm-hmm. So it, it really is. And that, that was gone breaking in those days. Google was doing it long before we had um, pandemic. But what I'm saying is, is that not all companies can do that. Not all you know, places can do that or whatever. You know? Um, I, I was actually thinking about the future of radio, actually, the other day, mm-hmm. um, thinking that, because somebody was asking why, oh, that was, the, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you. Why, yeah. somebody asked a question, why is there still AM radio on car radios? 
<laughs> That's a very good question. That is a very good question. I I I, I wish I could come up with a with a reasonable answer, but the the thing is, I I I, I can't. I can't. AM radio had its purpose. Um, the the reality of the situation is hardly anybody. I can't imagine a living soul listening to AM radio these days. AM radio is virtually non-existent. We have the any AM, we have any AM stations still running here? Not to my knowledge. Six ten AM and seven thirty AM are dead. Really? Dead. Wow. Nobody listens. That that no longer yeah. exists. Seven thirty AM no longer exists. But the, six but, but the but the thing about AM, the thing about AM, is that it has a much larger range. It, it does. It also it also is a lot cheaper to set up. You could you could push an AM, excuse me, you could push an AM signal uh, a lot further, a lot faster with 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 less less equipment. I mean, the quality would be shit, but at least you know. And the story is is that, or at least it, what I what I read was that the reason why they still have AM as a band on radios, not just car radios, but radios in general. Because not a lot of people actually buy radio still. You know, they, they, they get radio off of the internet, you know. But the reason yeah. why AM is still important is because if something should happen, okay, let's say nuclear war, which is, which is kind of extreme, but the, the idea is if there's a disaster, you're going to go to AM to get your news because... The AM is a lot more robust in an emergency, and it's able. People are able to pick up those. That is a lot easier than it would be an FM radio. You see, um, the, the time when all when the entire country went dark. When was that? That was what three months ago, four months ago now. You're talking about that was four months ago, February 16th. Right, almost four you months all, Yeah, you all were in the in the you were in the station. Uh, when it happened, no, it wasn't there. It wasn't there when it happened. Okay, but the station didn't go down. Actually, it did. Exactly. So it what did. I'm saying is, all you needed was somebody at AM transceiver and a battery to push out, hey, we have the, the whole country is blacked out or whatever. You see, that's that's essentially what it's supposed to be used for. Whether or not people really realize that is, you know, is another story. But Essentially, emergency broadcast system is an AM, you know, frequency. You see, so so it's interesting, you know, that by I don't think they're allowed to take off AM as a band on the car radio because it's no. still it's still required in case of emergency. Um, was it? Was I, I, I was I was actually toying with the idea of shit. I better put up a tower and start broadcasting AM. And just start talking shit on AM radio. I don't know who will listen to me. You know, we could do this podcast on our AM station. It's like tune into to um, Radio Six Six Six. Well, where, where um, we talk crap all day, yeah, all I mean, night. You know, AM radio. Think about AM radio. Oh my god, you, you you're taking me back there. There was talk back in the 90s that they wanted, what they wanted to do was that they wanted to convert. They wanted to convert 7.30 a.m., for example, to an all-talk radio format. That's what they wanted. They wanted to do that. But then they suddenly realized that there's more money to be made 
not from Torah, but from gospel. So they went to gospel. So the gospel programming made them a lot of money. It, made, it was it turned out to be more lucrative than, than having an all talk format. 610 AM wanted to do that. They wanted to go um, all talk as well, but nobody really had the cojones to do it. So what happened with, um, with, with, uh, with AM, 610 AM was that they, they, the vast majority of their programming at the time was, was, was um, you know, Indian culture, Indian music and so on. That was their, that was their forte. And that too made a lot of money. You see, the thing about it is if you're, if you're a radio programmer in, in this country, I guess it, no matter what part of the world you're in, if you are in a, you know, unless it's, it's all about making money and a good bit of money, forget it. And talk radio, interestingly enough, there were a couple of experiments back in the early 90s. This was an FM radio. They were trying to come up with something, you know, very cultured talk show. And they had it. I know because I was, I was there. I was there. They would have it. They would broadcast it from the Hilton. And um, they would talk for like about two and a half hours. And it was a very genteel sort of, you know, scenario. Mm-hmm. It didn't last very long. Um, but when they decided, when um, one of the radio stations, I think it was 100 FM, interestingly enough, a music station, they did a, a kind of talk format in the morning. And from that came Tony and Dale. And that kind of mushroomed into this, into this talk universe. And now you have like about three or four FM radio stations entirely devoted to talk. Or at least you have, you know, in, in, in most of the, of the FM frequencies, you have um, a kind of a, a talk format, especially as far as the morning is concerned. Now, with platinum, that's not the case. Platinum is not really talk. We're more music than anything. That's it. Mm. We're music oriented. Mm. Yeah. Um, and people and people like that. But there are also people who like talk. And if there are people who want to listen to talk, let them go ahead and listen to talk. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force people to 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 listen to music or or whatever it is, whatever your taste what is. Was, it's what was the meme that I saw the other day? I don't know if you saw the meme. That's there's a photo of a futuristic city, right? Like in the future, you know? <laughs> and they said, this is what your dad would look like without power on a 2FM. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know... I'm like, I'm like oh, dear. <laughs> the problem with that oh is... Uh, the problem with talk radio, the problem with talk radio in Trinidad and Tobago, I guess it's a problem with talk radio anywhere, again. It is not so much the fact that there's talk radio; it's the quality of talk. Well, and, exactly. And 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 I don't think um, we're, 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 the the vast majority of the listening public is not exactly geared up to it to to edifying um, an edifying discourse, especially when it comes to politics. And given our culture, given our proclivities, we are more into bacchanal, movilang, uh, movilang is. Which Morgan Job got on that train early. Morgan yeah. Job with his show. What what was the station? It was called Ideas Exchange. And it was in Prime One Six Right. And Morgan Job was famous for we lost that caller. Yeah. <laughs> because he used to cut them off. You know, that, he used to that cut became them off a because, thing. Yeah, because he he was able to to he tapped into the into 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 a kind of thing there, the zeitgeist and the time. 
You see, now, a lot of people didn't like his style because they just thought he was abrasive. And it proved to be told that there were times when he was. But mm-hmm. more often than not, he wasn't too far off the mark. And I think he was very much misunderstood. Um, but, that's, but that's not important right now. Mm-hmm. What is important mm-hmm. is that we, we, were, we were talking about advertising and branding and, 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 and so on. And, and again, that word, that word always comes into play, which is adaptability. There's going to come a time when people in this country are, I hope, I'm hoping against hope, are not going to be so tuned in to um, particular things as it, as, it, as it relates to politics and bacchanal and confusion or what have you. Um, the hope is that, 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 we would, that we would have evolved considerably uh, since then. Now, people talk about all sorts of things in, in talk radio. Uh, there's this urban radio station that, that has a, a, a very popular show dealing with relationships and, and, and so on. And we just found out that today, one of the key people behind that show just got um, charged uh, with domestic mm. violence. Mm. So, mm. you know. Not, not practicing what you're preaching. Not exactly <laughs> practicing what you're preaching. And you're not exactly tying in with, with you know, you are advertising. Again, this is, now, this, is, this too is a form of advertising. If you are there as a host and you are advertising a particular kind of, 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 of approach in terms of how you, you interact with somebody, um, in terms of relationships and so on, you're doing that, fine, fantastic, and you're practicing what you're preaching, but when you say one thing and you do something completely different, I mean, your brand suffers and your station suffers as a result as well. So yeah, yeah. All of that you have to you have to you have to um, factor in. But the thing is, the thing is, I would say the radio talk radio now is a product of the this social media highly polar, polarizing digital way of doing things. This is not but which came first. Is it talk? We know talk radio came first. Yeah, but what it's I'm saying like- is, yeah, but what I'm saying is, it was contained within a little bit of a, a silo. Yeah. Once social media came out, you know, the same people who would go on Morgan Job's show and say, Mr. Job, you're talking absolute rubbish. Well, we lost that caller. They would go on a comment on somebody's post and say the yeah. same thing, you see? Yeah. And they have no filter at all for them now. So uh, what I'm saying is, uh, what I wanted to say before I forget is that the power of radio, which is... When I keep saying, when I say the medium is a message, which is Marshall McLuhan's thing, yes. people say, well, that, that no longer applies anymore. As I don't agree. I think the medium is a message because you have to look at what this medium is capable of doing. And I always remember it was the radio, the radio people in Rwanda who were part and parcel of the call to commit mass murder. That was a clear thing, that the radio stations were polarizing the society. And and, and there were people following what these radio DJs were saying. You know, take up the kid, man said, he said, if they give me the cutlass now, I go in and chop up my neighbor. And they were like, yeah, 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 let's do it. And the power of radio at that time to do that is the same thing we've seen in the power of social media. 
Because now we have the things talking about the January 6th commission, where we have yeah. we have this thing, whether whether you like the politics or not, the idea that you can sway people into doing something when they could just, you know, the, the mob rules. They, you know, the weekend warriors kind of thing. They run out and they do this nonsense and then go home and think, oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll just go and take a selfie now and go back to my normal life. No, you, you just destroy the capital or whatever it is. What the hell, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, whether brands like it or not, they are in that category of being able to move and shape through the medium, you know, through the message, people. And they've always been able to do it. Advertising has always been able to do it. And the problem now is, is that in digital realms, which is the big problem with, with um, Facebook, Facebook is in hot water again, because that a woman is suing them because she said she was not able to see ads for apartments in her area because the people running the ads to the apartment were targeting people of upper income or, or higher income people or within yep. a, a certain age group. It was age group. It was age group. And she was over the age group and she wasn't seeing the ads. And she said, but that's ridiculous. I, I could pay for one of the apartments. I could go and live in one of these apartments. But I never saw any of these ads on Facebook. And that's ridiculous. And she's suing Facebook. So again, it's, it's the idea of social engineering. You know, that, that, that through the advertising platform, you can direct people into silos and have them pit themselves against each other. And it's scary. It's scary in a way, you know? It is. It is. And um, it, it, is, it is a kind of, it is a kind of, um, I mean, George Orwell couldn't have, couldn't have, couldn't have picked it better. He could not have, he could not have come up with a, with a, with a, with a better, with a better way to, to, to you know, to, to envision this kind of this kind of crowd control and this kind of cultish behavior, um, but that's what it, make no mistake. That's what it is. So again, how do we deprogram? How do we, how are we able to discern what is reality and what is not? How are we able to discern a good brand from a bad brand? How mm. do we how are we able to tell the difference between good marketing? And marketing that was going to that's going to lead people astray, because yeah. as someone once said, as someone once said, evil, evil seems sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's it's the reason why you have a certain networks doing so well because networks thrive. Certain TV networks, certain radio networks thrive on negativity. That yeah. is what pushes ratings up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and interestingly enough, interestingly enough, there was a there was a story, um, a survey rather. It was featured. I think it came from Reuters, and it was featured on on, on BBC on the BBC uh, earlier today. It said that the vast majority of people are really not into news anymore because they yeah. find the news yeah. to be I depressing. They find that it is something that the news is not worth is not worth um, knowing anything about. Yeah. And you find that happening more with younger people, younger people under 35 just don't care about to hear, you know, the negative, because after a while, it, 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 the repetition and, 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 and that kind of drudgery, it gets to them. No, it's true. And, it's true. I used to tell my friend Ria, I said, Ria, I think you better, I think you better start sharing like 
pretty photos and stuff because you're sharing a lot of depressing news. And she's like, you know, you're right. I think this is what's making me depressed. And she stopped sharing, I mean, you know? Right. So I'm right. So see me now posting on my page. That's why I post a lot of funny stuff, funny yeah. memes and stuff like that, because people like that. They don't want to hear, they don't want to, they don't want to know about. No, I mean, when, when the time comes for something serious to post, I will post it. But mm. more often than not, the vast majority of stuff I post is funny stuff. Because again, you know, if you, I you know, I will leave that up to the, to the radio programmers and, 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 the, and the news people to, to how, do you, how do you make the news more palatable? I would say maybe the best way to do it is to come up with a feel-good story. Yeah, and just tell people because that's what they did. I mean, people don't people don't forget this. But back in the eighties, when CNN and I remember this is the height of the Cold War and everything, CNN had a segment called "Looking Up," mm-hmm. and they even had they even had a, a half hour show called "Good News," mm-hmm. and it was nothing but good news. And people watched mm-hmm. that and they reacted to it. So if you're mm-hmm. going to do that, you need to have a balance. Yeah, and that's not happening Absolutely. now. Yeah, it's 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 it is depressing. It is it is a problem, but we need the news, and we need to pay we for need, the news. We need to be you know? we need to be informed, but we also need to be, you know, we also need to we also need to be reminded that while we need to be informed, it, 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 the world is not is not necessarily a shit show. Yeah, it is not an entire yeah, the yeah, entire yeah. world. Is a shit show. It's not. Yeah, yeah, you know exactly, exactly, exactly. Anyway, we have. We have done quite a long show today, um, oh, yeah. and we have not done everything that we need to do. So, gonna continue. We need to we need to do our live show, and we really need you to do that. But things are a little difficult right now. Um, when when you think we could do this live show, Jared? If we're gonna do this live show, if we're gonna do this live show, chances are we're gonna have to do it. Probably gonna have to do it on a Wednesday next Wednesday. We'll see how but it goes. You, yeah, but can you do can you do Wednesday evening like in the afternoon kind of situation? Because I could do Wednesday evening. I can't do Wednesday morning. I could do Wednesday after lunch. Yeah. Wednesday after lunch. Yeah. Sounds yeah, that sounds that sounds that sounds more feasible. Alright, well we'll frame it up for next week and we'll see how things go. And that yeah. I think we call we we call that the last show. And we'll go on hiatus for a little bit and yeah. um take a little break. And then we'll come back with some, some maybe a different, I want to see if we could try a different format. Um, maybe we could try doing the live show from now on, but we'll see. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what are we defining today? Adaptability. Adaptability. What's that? Is it, what is adaptability? Adaptability is the art, if you will. Of, of knowing of knowing when to change and how to change lest you become irrelevant but that's, that's not important, not important right, now. right now thank you thank you very much for listening we appreciate every thank single you. one of you uh you. new episodes every monday uh new episodes every wednesday our last this week's episode is now on our youtube channel sorry last week's episode is now on our YouTube channel and um, yep. uh, that just search for that but that's our report right now and um, we will see you again and have a good week have a good week guys
Thanks a lot. See you. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye.